You are listening to a bonus episode of Def Leppard, the officially unofficial Def Leppard podcast. We're currently busy preparing for season six of Def Leppard, so in the meantime, we'll be diving into 2022's Step Outside, Walk This Way YouTube series. It's a rough and ready A to Z walkthrough of 45 Def Leppard deep cuts that we heartily recommend. Now the YouTube videos have gone, so we've stripped out the audio, and in each of these bonus episodes, we'll take a look at a few deep cuts. What you're about to listen to is raw and broadly unedited. It's the ramblings of a literally rambling man chatting about these songs in the fields and on the coast of Northwest England, because why not? If you're new to the podcast and this is the first episode that you've listened to, and you want to listen to a proper episode of Death Left Pod, something a bit more slick, polished and something that was intended for audio only then check out any episode from our back catalogue that doesn't have the word bonus in the episode title in this episode we'll be talking about pearl of euphoria ring of fire and the overture so let's take a step outside And welcome to day 26, song 26 of our Step Outside, Walk This Way series, the Death Leopard Deep Cut series, where we introduce you or remind you of some songs that you might have forgotten about, might have passed you by, or maybe you've never even heard before. Now, in our last video, we talked about a very, very new Death Leopard song. Today's one is a very, very old Death Leopard song. In fact, it's one of the oldest. It appeared on the Def Leppard EP, the free song EP that Def Leppard released in 1979, the very, very first thing that they released. So we're not talking Riding to the Sun, we're not talking Get Your Rocks Off, what we're actually talking about is the song that's on B-side, the side B even, The Overture. Now, as you know, I've been doing this in alphabetical order, and I've been waiting for ages to get to O just so I can talk about the overture. I love this song so much. Now, interestingly, there's two versions of the overture. There's the overture of the Def Leppard EP. That's the one that we're going to be talking about today. And there's overture. They dropped the definitive article, and that's the one that's on on through the night and uh, features as the last song on on through the night. Now. There's one argument for picking the On Through The Night version and the reason for picking the On Through The Night version is that it's got Rick Allen on it and the, re- the version on the Def Leppard EP hasn't just before Rick Allen joins the band it's got Frank Noon on drums so every part of me wants to pick the On Through The Night just to have a bit of Rick Allen on there however, I actually think the version on the Def Leppard EP is significantly better and also, it does a few things that I want to talk about. Well, firstly, my question to you is, is this Def Leppard doing prog rock? Is this Def Leppard doing progressive rock? And if it's not, is it at least the closest that Def Leppard have come to writing a prog rock song? Now, what is a prog rock song? What defines progressive rock? 
Well, you know what? I've showed us YouTube videos out there on that and podcasts that can go on for hours and hours. But if you look at existing prog rock, prog rock music, it does. It is characterised, I would say, by some things such as being quite long songs, being quite complex, there being a lot of time changes. That music, musically, very windy. Musically, it's very challenging. Oh my God! Oh, my hair's all over the place. Right. I'm hoping you can still hear me. If not, I'll record it again. It's fine. It's not a problem. Yes, yes. So prog rock. Long songs, complex songs, time changes, lots of technical skill. Lyrically and subject matter, you know, they tend to be almost poetic and in the realms of fantasy. You know, it's not about boy meets girl, it's normally about, I don't know, bloody Lord of the Rings or something like that. Okay, so, is this song Death Leopard doing prog rock? But if you look at all of those defining criteria that I've just mentioned, it ticks all of those boxes. This is a long song for Death Leopard, it's 7 minutes and 46 seconds long. Now I haven't double checked, but I don't think there's another Death Leopard song that is as long as that ever. And bearing in mind this is on their very first ever EP. If I'm wrong, let me know. I think there's a remix of Rocket or something that's 8 minutes something long. So. You could have that, I guess. But, that's a remix. So, it's long. There are loads of different parts of this. There are loads of different time changes. So the first two minutes is like an impregio guitar, and it's, uh, it's all very slow. It even starts with like, like a sound of wind or something. Is it the wind? of a post-apocalyptic world? Is it the wind after a battle has just taken place? Is it just wind like this? Who knows, right? But again, by putting at the start of the song, it creates that element of storytelling, which you get in prog rock. It's very dramatic, theatrical. The song even starts with this, with Joe saying, um, end with this message that I bring to you. It's almost like he's sitting us around the campfire, all those little hobbits, and he's going to tell us a story of the past. It's like he's a wandering minstrel going from village to village, telling us these stories. And this is the story that he's going to end with, this message that he's going to bring. You get two minutes of this slow stuff, which is brilliant. Then it kicks in. I'm going to come back to that kick in a bit in a minute when I get off the prog rock thing loads of time changes a way in which you know that this song is actually quite is quite complex is that when you look at the like notations for it it says Pete Willis third solo Steve Clark all the other solos there's loads of solos it's a long song it's progressive I think if you count the four or five solos in total oh my god ah, blowing everywhere man doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Oh, weird. that's weird wind that. But anyway, it's the wind of the start of the overture, that's what it is. But anyway, yeah, there's four or five solos in it, so it's straight away that points at it being um, quite a progressive song. Loads of chant changes, ups and downs. Um, even at the end, there's like a little spoken word, but one line where Joe says, 
time is the essence. And that, again, all makes it feel very prog rock. Right. Why this song in particular? Why the song of the Death Leopard EP? Okay. My reason for it is that this version shows why Death Leopard with the leading lights and levels above everybody else with the exception of Maiden of the new wave of British heavy metal scene which they didn't be part of they didn't want to be part of, sorry but nonetheless, they were part of it they still exist, Iron Maiden still exist Big Saxon still exist there's a few others but no, none of them went anywhere near as big as Death Leopard or Iron Maiden this version of Overture really gives you a snapshot of why they were the biggest or one of the biggest and the best and the leading lights of these metal or rock bands at this time because they've got this 7 minute 40 second 6 second song that's complex that there's loads of time changes they're all teenagers they go and get it recorded in like a little studio in Hull they produce it themselves there's hardly any overdubs there is nowhere to hide with this version of the overture the only way in which you produce this quality music that they've produced and on this record is by being as good as they are as technically gifted as they are as musicians as tight as they are having practiced for all of those months and months and months in the spoon factory honing and honing their actual skills so I think it's this reason why it's better than the Overture, I'm sorry, than the On Through the Night version because there's nothing between them playing their instruments, coming out of the amplifiers, being recorded and then coming out of your speakers into your ear. But there's a layers and layers of production. What you are hearing is Def Leppard, the teenage Def Leppard, recording this towards the end of 1978, released early 1979 exactly how they play and how good they are and it's there from them to your speakers to your ears exactly how they were and there are so many high points in this song the bit on two minutes where it kicks in with the bass and the drums right i don't want to be like a vinyl idiot or whatever but honestly if you could get that like the original record or the yellow label one and play it whack it up that loud it literally sounds like the band are in the room with you. That's how good it sounds. That's how live it sounds. I was going to say it sounds raw. It does sound raw. But not raw in like a bad way. Not in a, I don't mean unproduced like it's rough around the edges. It just is what it is. It's absolutely fantastic. So, the overture. Go and listen to it. If you've never heard it before, you'll be gobsmacked. You'll be absolutely gobsmacked. Nah, it is definitely. It's brilliant. I would put it in like what? The top 30 Death Leopard songs easily. No problem at all. Come and have a listen to it in the link via the link below. Let me know how you think it compares to the version of On Through the Night. Am I wrong? Should I have picked the On Through the Night version because it's got Rick in it? Or am I right? Is this the one that really shows Death Leopard and why there was so much hype around them and why they were so highly thought of and why? You know, there's so many people going, oh my God, look at this band, as they were back in 1979, 1980. Right then, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Thank you very much for watching. I will see you tomorrow for the next video. Bye.
Stuart Middleton, welcome to song 27, video 27 of the Step Outside Walk This Way series by Def Leppard, the officially unofficial Def Leppard podcast. And in this series, I take a walk outside, literally, and also take you for a walk outside of the Def Leppard hits and of the normal catalogue and introduce you, reintroduce you to some old friends. Oh, well, this song... You're going to be happy with me. I know you're going to be happy with me on this one, Def Leppard friends. Yes, it is not just a gem of a song. It is not just a jewel of a song. No, no, no. It is a pearl of a song. And indeed, it is the song Pearl of Euphoria. The last song on the 1996 slang album. Now, there's two reasons why you possibly haven't heard this song. First reason, okay, being that it is on the Slang album itself. Slang is an excellent album, a brilliant album. However, it was quite misunderstood back in 1996 when it was released. And commercially, relative to other Death Leopard albums, it was nowhere near as successful. So there's a chance that you just simply never bought it or you never heard it. Secondly, there's a chance that you did hear it, but when you listen to it, maybe you listen to Truth at the beginning, Turn to Dust, all of these songs, and you might have even got to the end because it didn't sound essentially like Def Leppard or the Def Leppard that you know and love. So maybe you never got to the end of that song. Now, it is a song that arguably doesn't go anywhere however not a criticism because Def Leppard what have they got now coming up to probably 200 songs countless albums over a 45 year career you don't need every Def Leppard song to do exactly the same thing do you Def Leppard mates in 45 years you can accept that now and again they're going to want to try it as something different so Def Leppard are obviously famous for really crafted songs nuanced details highly produced songs where no stone is left unturned okay this song is different because what it does is it stands at the side of the road it sticks its thumb out and it hitches a lift on Rick Allen's drum rhythm which Joe Elliott refers to as like the When the Levy Breaks drums in this song. Go and listen to Led Zeppelin's When the Levy Breaks and you'll hear it as well. Just a really cool drum rhythm that influences the drum rhythm in this. And then this rhythm pretty much stays all the way through. There's no time changes, there's no complex guitar parts particularly, there's no you know, there's no bridge, there's no pre-chorus, there's no middle eight to speak of. There's none of these type of things. There isn't even really a guitar solo of sorts. And instead, it just sits in and it just grooves and it just vibes on this drum rhythm. And obviously it's not a jam, it is a constructed song, but it has the feel of a slightly elongated jam i mean certainly the last minute and a half or two minutes that actually just fades out slowly you do have the sense that the band you know may have carried on playing for another 10 or 20 minutes or so who knows but anyway it's really really cool it's written by joe elliott by phil collin and by rick savage if memory serves me correct begins with quite a simple 
guitar part that it was written and played by Joe. And if you listen to the Spotify sort of background to um, some of the songs on slang, Phil and Viv kindly said to Joe that, uh, you know, it was so niche the way in which he was playing it that, you know, we'll just keep you playing it, which I think was their polite way of saying it was quite simplistic. But that was part of the charm. That's what comes in first. After that, though, then you get this drum pattern that it rides on. Okay. In, earlier on, I mentioned that it's over six minutes long, and therefore you think it would fit in the genre of the Death Leopard Epic. Think Gods of War, think Die Hard the Hero, think White Lightning, think Paper Sun. There's other ones as well, Billy's got a good. But what characterises those songs in a way in their epicness is that there are time changes, there are lots of different parts, there are lots of different guitar parts, there are lots of different uh, complexities. I think this is an epic because it's got gravitas and it's quite heavy and it is quite long. The subject matter, which is about abortion, is obviously quite um, epic and heavy um, and heavy going. Uh, By the way, I don't know exactly what slant it takes on abortion um, by any means, but obviously any song is good about abortion is, um, you know, certainly heavy and uh, it's got gravitas. So in all of those ways... It still feels like an epic to me, even though it might not be an epic in terms of complexity, because it's really just based on this one sort of drum pattern, these guitars at the start, and it just builds and builds and builds and builds. It doesn't go anywhere, but you know what? It's not always the destination that matters, it's the journey itself. And this song is very much a six-minute, cool, musical journey where Def Leppard in the 90s are doing something different and musically at least a little bit more relaxed and a little bit freer. It is a fantastic song. If you haven't heard it, I'm actually jealous of the fact that you haven't heard it yet because you're going to discover it for the first time and I wish I could discover it for the first time as well. Check it out in the link below, Pearl of Euphoria. Tell me what you think about it. I think it's amazing. Um, and I know there's some people who are watching this who particularly love it as well. You know who you are. So go and listen to it. Go and check it out. Um, and I'm going to try and find the, not the source of the river. I'm about to try and find over there. I don't know if you can see. I'm looking for where the River Alt meets the sea. That's what I've come down here for. Um, river Alt being one of the most rubbish rivers in the world. The Nile it is not. The Mississippi it is not. It's more like a sewer. But I want to go and check it out. I want to see where it goes into the sea. Because I've never seen that before. That's got nothing to do with Death Leopard, has it? Maybe that conversation was going nowhere either. Right, everyone. It's been a pleasure, never a chore, chatting to you. And I will see you for the next video. Bye.
Def Leppard mates and welcome to a new day, a new video in our Step Outside Walk This Way series by Def Leppard, the officially unofficial Def Leppard podcast and in this YouTube series what we're doing is we're taking a step outside literally and also taking a step outside of the Def Leppard hits and reintroducing you or introducing you to some Def Leppard deep cuts. Now normally you join me on my walks through the fields of Lancashire or the wide expansive coast of the northwest of England but today we are on a different destination I've got on a plane around like that I've bought Mrs Def Leppard with me I've bought Def Leppard Junior and I've bought little, Des little Miss Def Leppard I forgot how many kids I had then um, and we are here in Mallorca that there is the Mediterranean but on the east coast in a place called Calador and very very pleasant it is now there's a saying that only mad dogs and Englishmen come out in the heat of the midday sun and indeed it could be said that I have actually proven that point now because it is actually midday and it is absolutely boiling however I'm not mad I've done it due to dedication for the cause anyone who watches these videos will know that where I can I like to try and link where we are to the song itself and you could say it is so hot here today in Calador, in Mallorca, one of the Balearic Islands on the Mediterranean Sea off the coast of Spain that it resembles a ring of fire and that is indeed today's song Ring of Fire where did you first hear Ring of Fire? well it's a very interesting question Ring of Fire is a b-side and it's a b-side from the Hysteria album now depending on where you were in the world would depend on what it was a b-side too so if you were in the United States of the United America, then you would get it on Port of Sugar on Me. If you were in the United Kingdom, then you would get it as a B-side to Pour Some Sugar on Me. Okay, like most of the songs on Hysteria, it's written by everyone who was in the band at the time. You know who that was. And it was also written by Mutt Lang. Now, interestingly, it was one of the very, very first songs that was written in the Hysteria writing sessions, which goes all the way back to Dublin in 1984. Some say that it was written after a particular spicy curry in a curry house or an Indian restaurant in Dublin. And, you know, it affected Def Leppard's bottoms and toilet habits, and they jokingly called the song Ring of Fire. In truth, it is a song about hot, burning passion. Now, version that we're talking about today is actually the version that features on those b-sides there is a slightly different version that is on the retroactive album of 1993 which compiles a load of b-sides and unreleased stuff that retroactive version actually has the full guitar introduction we'll come to that in a minute and it also has re-recorded drums and it has some extra backing vocals as well now this version does have that guitar introduction. It's like a really fast searing scale on the guitar. Um, but what happens is it actually fades in. So you only get the very end of it before the actual song kicks in. But other than that, there's not a massive, massive amount of difference between the version that you hear on Retroactive and the version that you hear on the B-sides and the one that we're talking about today. If anything, I prefer the, the B-side version because they really are red raw searing blistering versions of the song i say versions it's one but it's on two b-sides um, and that's what this song needs and that's what this song gets on that actual um on that actual b-side another way in which it is 
representative of hysteria is back then that's when that leopard were like you know they'd they come up with something that they would think was as catchy chorus but then they would push themselves to do an even catchier chorus and then what you end up with is a pre-chorus that's good enough to be a chorus and then a chorus that's absolutely brilliant gods of war comes to mind as one of those songs and this is one of those where the actual pre-chorus the uh Got a feel of fire in me burning into ecstasy or tearing into ecstasy. I should say that bit, that's only the pre chorus, but is well good enough to be most bands' chorus. That is my personal favourite part of the song. So it's fast, it's energetic, it's searing. For those of you who've not liked Def Leppard after Pyromania, this song sounds essentially like it should be on Pyromania. Ironically, that's why it was actually dropped because Def Leppard were trying to do something different and go beyond Pyromania. But for those of you who like that era of the band in particular, even though this is off an hysteria B-side, you listen to this, it is, you know, it's fast, it's heavy, it's a rocking song, and it very much sounds like Pyromania era Def Leppard so definitely go and check it out it's absolutely brilliant check it out on the, the link below and I will see you on the next day for the next video where will I be who knows see you later bye